Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and welcome to a podcast that people on the internet are calling... Wait, that's still going on? Uh, Rob, we start every one of these uh, podcasts with some uh, apologies, omissions, uh, things that we should have done but we didn't do before. Uh, Our last uh, episode was the 80th episode in this particular uh, uh, tome, right? Yeah, we we did game shows, and I hazard to say it was probably our best episode, maybe in a long time. Yeah, and (laughs) well, yeah, that's because... So we're going to follow that up with... (laughs) With this one. Uh, yes, that was probably our best episode in a long time. Uh, it was also a long time ago. The entire month of October went by, and now this is now the uh, the the last vestiges of November. Well, so we'll, we'll we'll have more time eventually. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that will happen. We're just uh-huh. trying to get to hundred. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's go with the uh, we did we we didn't do anything wrong, right? Game shows was great. Oh, no, we was did perfect. I, okay, actually, right. I really I. I didn't get any feedback. Probably nobody listened, but <laughs> <laughs> if only we cared about that, we don't. We don't. Uh, we don't. We don't care at all. Uh, all right. Well, then let's get into uh, this particular episode of uh, of the podcast uh, with introductions. My name is Monty Ike, and with me, as always, he's the wild things to my JFK. He's the big picture to my Mystic River. The Apollo thirteen. To my footloose, he is the thing that brings it all together. My best friend, Rob Bloom. Hey, Rob, what are we talking about today? Uh, based on that, I'd say Kenny Loggins movies, but... No, it's not Kenny Loggins. It's Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. You know what would have really been a good intro now that I'm thinking about it? What's that? Do the Kevin Bacon game. With Kevin Bacon? <laughs> with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's an easy thing. Kevin Bacon was with Kevin Bacon in any movie with Kevin Bacon. See, if only he was in Face Off as himself. Then. <laughs> Jesus. Well, now with the uh, Mar- with the inclusion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As, as uh, Kevin Bacon as himself. Yes. So Kevin Bacon is now, uh, and uh, Earth uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians is in that show as well. Kevin Bacon is watching yeah. Santa Claus versus the Martians. That's right. In his huh. house. Yeah. Which is just obviously an MST. And so is Batman is referenced in that episode as well. Right. Batman exists in the Marvel universe yeah. as a fictional character. Yeah. yeah. And so does Superman. If you think of the Eternals, he's mentioned in the Eternals. Yeah. Well, there you go. When you, uh, Yeah. Uh, all right. So off track already. Yep. Uh, All right. So we're talking about Kevin Bacon. Starting with, uh, uh, memories of, of last night watching, uh, the guardians of the galaxy Christmas special, which I found very entertaining. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do question for you though. Uh, 
did we know that uh, Mantis was his sister, or was that the first we've ever heard of it? That is the first we've ever heard of it, I thought. I, I don't remember that in uh, when they were on the Ego. Movie. Yeah, I don't remember Ego ever talking about her uh, being... Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. And nothing in Thor Ragnarok or uh, uh, Love and Thunder. Nothing yeah. like that. So. Well, I mean, did they? I mean, it was more of a cameo in Love and Thunder. Uh, yeah, but I'm just trying Honestly, to. Honestly, Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. The less we talk about Thor, Love and Thunder, the better, the better. it would be. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And as, as much as I wanted that movie to be a home run, it really was not. No, that is what happens when you think you can just only hit home runs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, so let's get to it. We're talking about our favorite roles of actor Kevin Bacon. These are the characters inside the movies. These aren't necessarily the best movies or our favorite movies that Kevin Bacon has been in. These are the best roles Kevin Bacon has been in. And thankfully, thanks to Bernie Madoff, he's been (laughs) in a lot of roles lately. The last 20 years, he's had to make up a lot of money. A lot. So, do you want to go first, or should I? Uh, let's have you go first. That's that's fine. Okay. Um, you know, we kind of stuff. briefly talked about each. I don't know if my list is going to throw off your list, but I um no. Okay. It's so fine. my my first role that I'm going to point out that I think Kevin Bacon plays a really good fucking villain. In mm-hmm. fact, four out of my five roles are villain roles. Hmm. Um, my number five is Hollow Man, Sebastian Kane. Uh, I found him utterly terrifying in this movie. He is, you know, the slow descent into having this power of not being seen makes him, you know, yeah, go nuts and, and become absolutely terrifying. I think the Hollow Man is a really scary movie. Have, Have you seen it? Um, I want to say no, that I haven't. I remember seeing trailers. You, I don't, this is going to seem very funny in a few moments, but I don't watch a lot of horror movies. So I if I know even, right off the bat, it's a horror movie. I'm like, eh, probably. I'm the same way, but I, the thing about like the hollow man was it kind of teetered on being more of a suspense movie than a, than a yeah. horror movie, but he comes off absolutely terrifying in this he is he is creepy it starts off with you know watching people and being very voyeuristic and then it starts to trickle down to much more terrifying situations yeah Um, you know flat out murder trying to be caught um i will also tell you a movie that i've seen called the empty man which is funny that i've not seen hollow man a mainstream success but uh the 2021 I think it was 2021 2020 it was during pandemic me and my friends rented out a theater to see Empty Man because my friend is a horror movie fan so I actually have seen the Empty Man oh it's terrible Rob don't worry about it well I'm trying to remember what it is that's not the one with um, Elizabeth no it's got nobody you know okay. it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it involves an inception like circle of weirdness that happens okay it's fucking weird <laughs> i was gonna ask if like there was a modern hollow man just made in the last year i think starring elizabeth I oh yeah remember. no no that's the invisible man that's it. right okay. it's the invisible okay. man yeah which is again theoretically about yeah. the same thing, but about the same i mean basically the same thing yeah <laughs> uh no hollow man looked like it was fun i remember from the trailers it looked like kevin was doing a very good job of going 
slowly unhinged, and uh, yeah. I'm sure that was yeah. very scary. But no, I, I just enjoyed the role quite a bit, and I would put it like of of all the uh, Kevin Bacon movies, it's up there as one that's completely memorable to me. Yeah. Okay. Now mine uh, is I mean it, it, there's a couple of caveats. Okay. okay. It's not so much the character; it's the way the character dies. Okay. okay. All right. You might remember that Kevin was in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie, 13th. Uh, playing uh, Jack. Jake, I think it's Jack. Anyway, he plays the guy who has sex with his girlfriend under his buddy's dead corpse. Right? You remember that? Like they're out in the well, rain. No, here's here's my like. I have never seen the original. An entirety. I've seen many clips of it, but I have never finished oh, the, the entire movie. And so I I know how he dies. The original <laughs> one is. To me, the original one is so much better on a lot of different levels. It's so surprising who the actual killer is. There's a Jason lot of... Jason isn't the villain, is Yeah, he? no. He's not even... In the movie. He's in it like a second, I guess, with the reaching up. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, he he has uh, sex with his girlfriend while his uh, buddy's corpse, who had been killed previously, is just rotting in the top bunk. Him and his girlfriend have sex. But he doesn't know it yet. Yeah, he doesn't know it oh. yet. Oh, he never finds out, Rob, because she leaves and he lights up a cigarette and one of the greatest practical effects in cinema happens where he's stabbed via a, a, a steel-tipped arrow through the mattress and through his chest. Uh, oh, using through his neck. Well, yeah, neck, chest, whatever. But it's like the way they do that with the fake body cast... Uh -huh. where it looks like he's laying down and it's really just his head sticking up and it looks seamless and beautiful. And then an arrow, like, like you look at that and you're like, this is 1979. It's not a CGI arrow in CGI blood. That's a practical yeah. effect that's going on. Um, and it's like the way he just dies silently or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, and, and so the mom is the villain of the, the first. Yeah. One, right? Yeah. Pa uh, pa Pamela, Pat, I think it's Pamela, Pamela yeah. Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah, she's killing all the campers because they didn't care about her son, Jason. And then, yeah, it's, it's a much better movie than I think the rest, honestly. I think oh, that's yeah. that's so much better than the supernatural killing machine. That well, I think you could argue even like the first Halloween was that way. The first Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that yeah. way. And they all kind of devolved into, yeah. well, the, the guy slashing. And yeah. There's actual psychological and yeah. other things going on Good stuff going on but yes uh i just picked this one because i remember that very vividly the first time i watched it going holy shit uh that really 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 looks like they stabbed fucking kevin bacon in the throat <laughs> <laughs> and and again i mean his, i mean he sets up I, is I he guess a prick in the movie is he, that's just the thing he's not even all that much of a prick i mean kinda i mean he's the only one getting laid in the whole thing and that's in um, horror movies that's your punishment if you're getting yes. laid in a horror movie you're, you're going to die absolutely if you're getting laid you're going to die yes so uh uh yeah to me i yeah I don't know. That was my number five. I was looking through the whole filmography, and uh, that's one of the first ones I thought of. I was like, well, you know me. I like to go a little obscure to start with. Uh, sure. And But I, I was just like, oh, that's super memorable to me, because I probably saw that movie, I want to say... Uh, it was 80 it came out, right? Oh, 79. And I, uh -huh. I guarantee you I did not see it in the decade of the 80s. I probably saw it in the 90s. But I remember just going, holy shit. That's crazy. I... I refuse to see it just because, like, I, Nightmare on Elm Street is probably the only one I really saw in the theaters, and I still was such a chicken shit for those kind of movies. To this day, I still am. Oh, I yeah. 
not. I'm not going to lie either. I fucking wince all the time. I I famously had nightmares after watching the Blair Witch Project as a full-on fucking adult. So I was set up for failure for the Blair Witch Project. That I I I was told it was real. I saw it six months before it released in theaters. (laughs) A friend of mine showed it to me on his laptop. And he set us all up to make us believe we were watching real, actual footage. So if you think you're watching something real, mm-hmm. it'll fuck with your head. <laughs> yeah, you are also uh, gullible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're gullible. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's my number five. Is it back? It's me, right? I go to number four now. That's yeah, you're right. <laughs> we yep. do this, God, guys. We do this all the damn time, and we still can't ever figure that out. All right. Uh, so my number four is uh, prosecutor Captain Jack. Was uh, it Russell from uh, from a few good men? He's really good in that movie. He is he's really-, really, really good. And I know he's not like like he, the real villain there to me is is Jack Nicholson's character. But I, you know, you 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 really hate him. You, you hate really him, but not because he's doing anything wrong. He no. is making valid, good points. Yes, you're. you're yes, you. You're rooting for your team, and he's a very good lawyer and a very good person. And what I think is, what I like about it too, though, is I think he stands up as a very neat. Like he's also like not covering for Jessup, uh, General Jessup, or whatever. Yeah. He is simply a very, very good Marine lawyer. And and, and, and he, like in the side comments and you know while they're not in court things he's saying is like you know this could be real you can't prove it's real though right yeah 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 i i think it's it's just a very good it's just a very good role because i think like for all they like there's a part of that movie where they're like setting up this like sort of marines are are these fucking killing machines or mad dogs and then they set this guy up as an as a a person who still is very much a marine very much uh, all the things that Marines are, but is clearly not Mag Dog Jessup, and is 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 whole, has that line of honor where it, it really works. And I, I've always really liked that juxtaposition of having, like, because they could have had two Navy personnel be yeah, in that yeah. thing, but yeah, oh, I, don't that, know. That... I, I really, I really like, I and I also really like uh, the juxtaposition of like when you're a lawyer like that and. You have to do your duty. You have to uphold the law. You have to give it your complete all. That's a very cool, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, especially in a military court where it's it feels slightly different than right. Yes, you now. absolutely are required to be doing your due diligence, and you you have to be prosecuting to one hundred percent. So, anyway, uh, side note to that, like mm-hmm. I feel like if we were doing another act, like doing Tom Cruise, that I would probably put Tom Cruise. In that role. On oh, this. yeah, because it, that's one of the this last is one of his roles, I think. It's one of the last ones where he's acting. Fair. You know? I mean, fair. I feel like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in so many goddamn things. I would agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, so, I yeah, mean, that's a discussion for something yeah. else. But I would agree with that. All right. What's your what's your number four there, Cochise? Mine is kind of a tongue in cheek horror movie with the movie Tremors. His character, Valentine McKee. Mm-hmm. McKee. I don't um, I just love the the humor of it. It's you know it's so rednecky, stupid, and mm-hmm. it's it's such a dumb concept, but a brilliant concept at the same time. It's basically the floor is lava. Yeah, and and it's so much fun. And him against I forget the name of the actor who he's playing against. Um, 
they are wonderful together in almost a rivalry type way, but also uh, a brotherly like kind of way. It's a fun. No, it, it, it that is absolutely a great one. And I'll be honest with you. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his character's name in Tremors, which is why he's not on the list. I was yeah. like, oh, well, I must not have given too much of a ship. Uh, honestly, I, I had to and look it's, it it's, up. And it's Fred, Wer, uh, Re, Fred Ward as Earl Bassett. Yeah. I Sometimes I think he's Michael Gross in my memory from Family Ties. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? He's in the sequels. He's in the uh, sequels, right. He's in the sequels. But this yeah. is, this is uh, uh, Emo, uh, not Emo. <laughs> uh, what is it? <laughs> Re, Re, Reno <laughs> Williams. Isn't he the same? He's the, yes, yeah. he's, re, he's, re, he's Emo Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to punch you out of your soul. I'm going to walk on water. Okay, sorry. Uh, by the way, that's an underrated movie that I really enjoy. So, Remo <laughs> Williams. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. I, underrated action film for sure. Yeah. Um, no, but Tremors is, it's it's unique as in it started a franchise. It even started a, a television show, if I recall. Yes, and, I believe there was one, yeah. And Kevin Bacon's character goes on to at least all the movies, I believe. I don't think he was killed off in any of them that I know of, but I can't say I really followed him. I just, it was a really bizarre concept. It was just, you know, worms underground that reacted to tremors. I mean, it's a microchasm of the movie Dune. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, yeah, it's, no, it's a, it's a good, and I, I think you're right. There's a lot of humor in that movie. Uh, like more humor than, um, it's the kind of humor that we expect today, uh, thanks to thanks to the way we do action movies today. Action yeah. movies should be done with a comedic beat, almost. Yeah, uh, and uh, but back maybe one notch higher than what you would do in a Marvel movie. Yeah, but but you know, probably on par with like a Sam Raimi action movie. Yeah, absolutely. Very 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 funny. Uh, that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, okay, you're number three, bro. My number three, this one is really easy for me. I, I may have even pushed it a little higher, but the other two in front of it are, are much higher. Uh, I really liked his character in the movie X-Men First Class. He plays Sebastian, Stan- Sa- Sebastian Shaw, uh, the Black King of the Hellfire Gang. Um, club. Is it just a club? Hellfire Club. Sorry. The <laughs> it's the Hellfire Gang, everybody. It's from... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought he was like he is really sinister, and and I when they announced that he was going to play him, I kind of was a little oh well, I don't know. It's he's kind of a second rate villain in my book for X Men, but he was terrifying, and he had the he was the one that created the helmet that eventually Magneto wears. Yeah. Um. He was a good first villain for, you know, kicking off the X-Men franchise because that's kind of what this was, a reboot at the time, um, later folded into. Right. And the- I don't remember that at all. Uh, yeah, that's, I think it's funny. that. <laughs> so you know- so before the before the show, I usually go through and I'm like, uh, you know, I make sure that we're not saying in the intro what any of our stuff is. Uh, a lot of times we try to keep these as much of a secret as possible. This one was like, well, we don't want to double up too much. So let's just kind of kind of make sure. And Rob said that he had X-Men, and I was like, he was in that? <laughs> That's how much X-Men First Class left a lasting impression yeah, on my I brain. I really love X-Men First Class. It's, it, 
I really did feel like it was something different. I and... remember it being good when I watched it. I remember liking it, but I also yeah. now can tell you right now that that whole experience completely pushed out of my brain. At the time, <laughs> it's gone. At the time, it was like very groundbreaking. It felt like for doing the X Men characters. Now it feels like it's just been washed over with other better or monotony of the same thing. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I I still feel like the, Fox... the fact that it was set in the '60s is what really yes for me. And yeah. like doing the whole Vegas scene where they're they're you know they're super rich and they're on these yachts and and doing these casinos and everybody's walking around in their underwear. It I I really enjoyed <laughs> people whole... walking around in their underwear and yachts. I know January I know this Jones, about you. Uh, January Jones in a yeah in a in bikini. A, well, like white in, lingerie. She yeah. was wearing lingerie being yeah. Emma Frost. Emma Frost. Yeah. These names are not hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she wears white all the time. Emma yeah. Frost. Uh yeah, no, I'm I I you remember I remember for- yes, I remember liking it when it came out. Like if you were asking me what are some of your favorite X-Men movies, that would be one of them. And then I'm like sitting here literally like Trying to remember I, the like vaguely one of the only things I remember is when Havoc destroys a a fucking statue in the middle of a courtyard. Yeah, yeah. That weird scene where they're like testing their powers out or like here's what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh also the guy who plays Beast uh is the guy who plays uh Tyler in the new movie, The Menu, which I I'm gonna say this and and in middle of all of this stuff, the menu is a very good movie and you should see it. So I've heard that. I've heard that it's very good. It doesn't have any mutants. Sorry. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yes, I mean, I I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a thing for me, Rob, or if that's a thing uh, on X-Men First Class. I don't know Maybe. if the, it, it this, could be the either way. It could be. Well, I, at this point, I am dementia on my part. And, and I thought that like, okay, so that's two villains for me for, for Kevin Bacon. And I think. The next two are really legendary villain, villains for me. But okay. you're, you're number three. Go. All right. My number three, um, I, I, I must have seen this on HBO as a kid. I certainly did not see this as uh, at, at the movie theater. This is not the kind of movie theater movie I would go to. Uh, but I remember seeing this on HBO. Uh, and it was one of those movies that I, I really like. So you take Kevin Bacon. He is a slick uh, Wall Street trader with a pencil thin mustache and he is uh he's a cocky son of a bitch he's a real asshole at the beginning and he loses everything every single thing he's penniless and he has to go find some sort of work and he finds the underground dodgy world of Manhattan bicycle messengers oh yes i yeah. remember this yeah yeah Uh, but I don't remember how the movie goes Jack Casey aka in the movie Quicksilver one of the things I really thought was super I mean like first of all it's got a great cast Uh, like you know you know what I mean it's 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 fabulously Phil Lawrence Fishburne's in it Um, I want to say that uh, oh shit what's uh, oh Louis Anderson's in it playing a guy named Tiny Um, but like one of the things I like starkly remember is like there's like this old dude who's almost like the dispatcher of the bike messengers. And he's weirdly wearing one of those 
bill up in the front like tour de france hats and i remember being like so everyone cosplays when they're on but 10 speeds um <laughs> i don't i don't know what the hell the deal is i just remember that whole thing and there's all there's this whole thing of like it made me want to get a 10 speed it made me want to get a bike with gears so fucking bad yeah, yeah um, it's a fun movie yeah i remember all there's all these like bike stunts in 10 speeds which is really funny like to me, you, whenever you see bike stunts, you see them as BMX, right, with the pegs and blah 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 and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, this one was, was... follow up right after Footloose, so I think this mm -hmm. was like everybody had like their eyes on it, and I do remember it being on HBO a lot, and that's I'm sure that's where I'd seen it, and it's probably been forever since I've seen it. I couldn't tell you much about it, but I do remember like him almost getting hit, zipping through traffic. Yeah. On New York and and uh, I, I, the thing I like too is like it's that journey because there's a there's a scene when he's talking to one of his former day trading buddies and he just is like talking about how he's got all this freedom riding this bike and it's like known to the pressure it's like this great like anti capitalism theme in it because he's like basically like I was making all that money but I was never happy and it never fulfilled me and now I found this simple job that fulfills me because all I really want to do is ride my fucking bike and I, one of the my favorite things is he makes a huge deal out of not having to obey traffic <laughs> if it says one way going east I go west like oh, you fucking rebel you fucking rebel. You get it, Jack Casey. So anyway, there it is. Uh, Quicksilver. That is my um, that is my number three. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a classic. It's a it, that's a classic 80s. Like the you know, the oh, yeah, you, you yeah. all wanted to be a, a, a stockbroker because those were like the pinnacle of like success and flashiness. But they were also seen as the pinnacle of sleaziness. So it was a great thing of like juxtapositioning that new yuppie mentality with uh with just being yourself um so there's my number three uh it's now my number two right yep okay now he is not necessarily the driving force in this movie steve gutenberg uh berg is uh but you can't say no to diner it's such I've a good movie diner i have not seen that uh, uh it's it, like it they they set it in the fifties so they can get away with some of the like I mean it's very much a boys will be boys oh boy marriage is gross but really what it is is it's uh it, it's that feeling of when you're in your early twenties you've completed college and now there's this immense amount of like pressure to start a family and like you know what I mean okay it's not so much today but you know forty it all take place in a diner is that like no a no a lot of stuff happens they always meet at the diner it's these group okay. of guys who meet at this diner. That's like the first place they go before they go do other things. Um, but it's just basically like Steve Gutenberg's character is about to get married uh, or a, about to get engaged or something like that. Like he's about to make, take that next step and get married. One of their group is already married and he's, he's miserable because he doesn't get to do what he wants anymore. I mean, like there's some misogynistic themes in there. But it, it's uh, Mickey Rourke's in the movie before he got all weird and bloated and crazy and <laughs> whatever. Uh, but it, it's a good movie, and it's a, like it's a, also a very good uh, look. If this if this podcast had one thing we should celebrate, it's male friendships, uh, and it's also a very good like illustration of these sort of male bonds that you you form with your best buddies, where you become 
you know, uh, it, it, it's it's this is this is the 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 family. These guys mean more to these, to, you know, to the individual people. Yeah. So Kevin Bacon's character of Fenwick, uh, you know, like I said, not like the driving force. It's a good character. He's got some good stuff in there that happens to him, and I enjoy it. Um, and maybe this is the movie lifting the role a little bit because Diner's a good movie. Uh, and maybe Fenwick doesn't okay. deserve, maybe the role of Fenwick isn't so incredible that it deserves my second spot. Um, but I like everybody in this movie and therefore, <laughs> you know, it gets that way. So that's my, that's my number two. I wish I could weigh in on it. I've never seen, I don't even like, I, when I was doing my research, I didn't, I came across it and I'm like, I don't know what this movie is. I've yeah. Never... I, I'll, I'll be honest <clears throat> with you. It has probably been over 20 years since I've watched diner. Yeah. But I remember it being really good. I it's remember it being really good. So yeah. Obviously I remember watching it as a teenager and feeling this way about it. Now, 30 years later, it must be pretty good, you know? So, I'm sorry. Were we not supposed to mention the fact that we were teenagers 30 years ago? I'm that's, very sorry. That's that's God. My number two. So goddamn old, Rob. Yeah. My number two is okay. This is, in my opinion, the scariest villain he has played. Uh, he played the character Wade in the River Wild. Um, I saw this on HBO. I saw it in a group of other movies about the same time that were similar to being scary and kind of having the same theme. I don't know if you remember the movie Fortress. Yes. Um, it kind of had a similar feel to Fortress where it was like this hopelessness of your kidnappers just at any moment could kill you because they don't really need you. Um, what was really scary about Kevin Bacon's character Wade in this is he comes off as being super sweet, and then all of a sudden you see his true colors, and it's Meryl Streep is in it. It's yes. a very acted movie, and it's terrifying. You just um, also the 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 husband to Meryl Streep. I can see his face. I can't think of his name, but he's been in a billion things. But he's the guy who says, "Oh my God, that's that's Jason Bourne." He's he's the actor who says that. <laughs> I can't think of the actor's name, but he does like, that's Jason Bourne. It's that actor. Um, I think he gets shot through the leg. And, and so at all times they're trying to carry him through, like they're trying to get through this river. So, and they are bank robbers. They're trying to use them as um, collateral to get out of. Right now she plays it's uh, by the way, his name is David uh, Stratham. He's that guy. He's one of those guys who's like a, like you know, he's, him. In, everything. he's oh, in everything, but you don't ever he, know. He shows him. and movies. Yeah. yeah, he pops up everywhere. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, she's a whitewater raft person, right? And they basically hijack her and her Family. family's trip to get away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at any moment, it just it feels like he's being nice to them, but you know, he's talking to his gang. He's like, you know, I'm going to kill blah blah blah, and she overhears it, and she's trying to protect her family and her husband is, is injured at one point and they're mm -hmm. there. She's afraid they're going to leave him behind and that he's not strong enough to even survive without help. Um, it's a really good movie. And I just remember thinking, fuck Kevin Bacon is terrifying in this. He is absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. And what a great, uh, what a great feminist movie too. Cause I remember that being a big thing because Meryl Streep was like, it isn't a damsel. Her, oh, hus her oh, husband, her husband, yeah, her husband is the baggage. Her husband yeah. is the damsel. It's oh, all about she, her. She's bad. 
Yeah. She's, and I mean, she's scared at times and whatnot, but well, she, yeah, she, you know, does what she has to do to protect her family. And it's, it's a really good movie, but I remember like wincing and like having my hands like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. What's going to happen now? Kind of thing. Really like mm-hmm. the anxiety that movie put me through was, it's, I, it's terrifying in a realistic way. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. So that is uh, now we're, we're at that impasse. Both of our number twos, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've only seen trailers of it. I remember hearing about it. I've never actually. I, if like it ever came on and you saw I don't turn the channel, it's really good. But it does. It's one of those where you just feel so helpless watching her because he's just got her family in a way that yeah. I, can, I can just shoot this kid in the head. And I, I want to say at one point he kills somebody in a very brutal way. And I, to, you know, to prove yeah. how dangerous he is at one point, he just brutally kills somebody. And yeah. Oh, it's right. been a few years, but I, I, I definitely put that apart. As you know, I only watch Meryl Street uh, movies that uh, she sings. Death, Death becomes hers. No. I was going to go with, look, here's the process of that joke. There was part of me that was like, should I go with nudity only? You know, and I'm like, no, Meryl Streep's a beautiful actress. That's not, that's not funny enough. Sing. Cause then it's my, it's only Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia too. Here we go again. I do think she sings in Death Becomes Her. Does she? Oh, Don't quote me. Don't quote me. I will, uh, I will never. It's time for your number one, Rob. My number one. And, uh, it is not Footloose as much as what? I, I, as I said earlier to you, uh, I do think Footloose is the definitive <laughs> goes on his, uh, his tombstone well, yes. role. Right, yeah. Um, I don't think it's his best role. I think his best role was Chip Diller from Animal House. He plays the perfect asshole villain. He is yeah. just a little prick that you want to punch in the face. And I love watching Rob. My number one is Chip Diller from Animal House. We agree in this one because you're right. He is so he is so punchable in that movie. Every fucking scene he's in, you want him to. And then when he finally gets trampled, you are so fucking happy. You couldn't be happier. Work. He's just isn't 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 like his uh, isn't his like uh, his byline like you know in. You know when they when they do the whole yeah, after thing the, in the future, he's like shot by his own men in Vietnam. Yes, that's like what happened to him. Oh my oh, god! It's such a he, bad. His role is great. You love to hate him. Yes, but he is in. Oh, what a little fucking twerp that guy is! Absolutely. And that's goddamn his first movie. role. That's his first acting role. Is I it really? Yes, it is. I when I was looking through his filmography, that's the first. I mean. Maybe he had some like commercials or something before that, but that's his first movie role. Yeah, crazy. Probably a stage actor before that to get it, but oh my god, yeah, he he is just like, and and obviously you and I we watched Animal House a lot. Animal House is one of those movies that I can tell you that I like. I would love for my kids to understand. They won't. I can't. I can't show my woke ass uh, queer kids any of those movies <laughs> they're not gonna fucking understand those movies that it's, shaped me but uh, yeah yeah i mean and, th- and that's right it's it's like a sign of its time and no it's not woke but it is definitely uh, it, has, it is a cornerstone of comedy that yeah. we grew up it, it's very funny to me when i think about it because it's set in the 50s which allows those those misogynistic uh uh ideas of the 70s like 
John Belushi, we all know now, is a, an insane misogynist. <laughs> he didn't believe women were funny, and he refused to do sketches at Saturday Night Live written by women. An insane misogynist, probably not the only one involved. So uh, it always makes me laugh that these are, like, set in the pre... Like, it's not even late 60s, right? That was set in the early 60s. This is, like, Kennedy era, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. To, like, help you, like, to even reinforce that women are... Uh, and I don't, I'm sorry that we got off. Again, Chip Diller, total no, 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 I think, schmuck. But I think that's the whole point of this. Is yeah. That he, he is that one more element... That, I mean, he's not the pinnacle villain, no. but he really is. You you probably hate him more than you hate the villain because he is this. Because he has a choice. Villain. He has a choice to be that. He's the same age as everyone else. He's another yeah. fucking kid, right? It, What's worse, so the teacher easily. or the or the or the fucking teacher's pet? The yeah. snitch or the actual jailer? The yeah. snitch is always the one you hate more, and that's what he is. He's a fucking snitch. He is a uh, I oh I, uh, he is and he's really got a distinct face even back then. I mean I right, know it's yeah. a young Kevin Smith. I don't think I keep wanting to say Kevin Smith. I don't know why. Uh, no, that's I a fat think, man that keeps making the same think movie. He's not fat man anymore. Right, right. right. Why does he continue to dress like he is? I know he lost all that weight. Why is he still wearing the same size shirt? He can't afford a new wardrobe, even though he's a millionaire. Um, so my point. Was like when he was younger. I don't think he was a handsome man. I think he became a very handsome actor. But I think Kevin Bacon back then is kind of weird looking, or at least maybe that's what they wanted him to yeah, look like. In he movie. he looks weaselly. He looks yeah. weaselly for sure. But then again, when you're playing a weaselly character, do you do, you know? There's some things that you can do. There's some facial expressions yeah. you lean into. Like well, when when, like when you say punchable face, and, yeah. And, when you say punchable face, you know what I mean? Like that, you know, like oh, he, you can make a punchable face. You can you can you you can as an actor lean into sneers and stuff like that. That makes a person want to punch you even fucking more. And I think that's the thing. There's a smugness about his face throughout that whole fucking movie that oh, makes yeah. you want to deck. It now it makes me want to go watch it again. I forgot how much I love that movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Thank you, God. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Well, there you go. Uh, let, let's see. Um, if we both have the same number one. Uh, Carry the Tremors. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? I think I'm going to give this one to you. I liked your list. Your list was a lot more thought out than mine. <laughs> I'm going to sure. give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I, you know what? Also, I think I need to throw you a bone every now and again so you continue to play. You're like the Washington Senators. Every now and again, you got to win one or it's not believable. <laughs> um. All right, so as the winner of this, Rob, you uh, you uh, get to say what I, I, I assume normally I say as the winner. Uh, you get to say our tagline. You get to say our ending uh, as the winner. Of course, this this ending phrase, this ending tagline is something that um, wa was carved into the Desiderata uh, a million years ago. Uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. In, yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, they've been carefully translated and uh, retranslated and untranslated. It went from uh, Sanskrit uh, to Hebrew uh, to Latin uh, to Italian to Esperanto uh, and then to uh, French, German uh, to Swahili. Uh, I'm going to do the King James version here. Yes, yeah. And then back into Middle English, which I personally uh, translated for Middle English uh, as a senior project in my linguistics <laughs> degree. So, Rob, here it is our tagline. What is it? You, you like men at work? 